0: 21CL Radio. Happy Monday morning to you and welcome to the Education Vanguard. I'm your host, Michael Boll, thrilled and happy as can be to have you here. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, Today I've got an interesting interview for those of you that are into design studios, uh, robots, uh, parrot drones, whatever. I think you're going to like it. It's with Simon Power of Shanghai American School. As a part-time technology and learning coach, I am keenly aware that the role of the technology coach is changing. Maybe, but hopefully not, even disappearing. But we also know there will always be a need for innovation, iteration, and change as part of education. How else can we help our students keep up with the world, right? Simon Power of Shanghai American School is transitioning from a technology coach himself to an instructional coach, and he is doing it in part by heading up the middle school, high school design studio at his school. A departure from the computer labs of long ago and not to be called a standalone makerspace, the design studio focuses on the process of design, the software that enables the designs to be built, and the 3D printers that bring it all to life. Simon shares the ideas behind the design studio, some samples of how it is used, and the vision for the future. Enjoy the conversation. Simon Powers, thank you so much for joining me on the program today.
1: Ah, oh, it's great to be here. I really enjoy listening to your show.
0: Well, thank you so much for that. And I enjoy just talking to you again. We were together for eight years or so in Shanghai, and you're still hanging out there. I moved on to Bangkok. They finally ran me out of town in Shanghai, but they haven't run you out yet.
1: Not yet. We've got a daughter in ninth grade, finishing ninth grade, so I think we've got another, well, hopefully, if, with admin, that I've got another three years here.
0: Well, I think we're going to talk today about how you're guaranteeing yourself at least three more years, right?
1: Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: Perfect. <laughs> and you did that by being part of, or maybe I, we, I need to ask you, doing it all on your own, uh, putting together a design studio for your middle school. And can you just let's, let's tell us a little bit about that design studio?
1: It's, uh, it's actually become middle and high school now. Oh, okay. Um, when they I, – I feel like uh, uh, our principal in middle school, Becky Reid, sort of really took the lead on it and um, it was a middle – our room was the middle school drama room and in, in the big shift with our new performing arts centre, this room became available and so we started building and she's like, what resources, what things do you need in there? And then um, with our new technology director, Alan uh, Price, coming in, he, he really uh-huh. saw the value in, in both myself and Josh Bryn, uh, the high school technology coach,
0: uh-huh.
1: being, being in the same room, utilizing it.
0: So what does it look like? So if somebody was to walk in there, and what would, what would make them think or realize that it was a design studio? Uh,
1: uh, we've sort of left the, the makerspace word behind, it's sort of because of our proximity. It's a place where the general public, when they come to the school, really see our space. Uh-huh. Um, and I think admin were a little scared of seeing toilet rolls and masking tape, uh, <laughs> and and machinery being used sometimes, perhaps not in the safest way. Or so the makerspace was sort of uh, that that idea was. Oh, we just don't know exactly. What what we want. So then we started to propose okay, well, why don't we make it a clean space because we've got the art rooms close by and we'll call it the design studio and make it as flexible as possible so we can get as many students in as
0: possible. So, are you saying the story behind the reason for the design studio was the fear of toilet paper rolls? I think so. I think so. I, I think wars, you know, across uh, the world have been started for for lesser reasons. So I guess that's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Plus, you know, when you read the the maker space manual, that there, there's, I think, the suggestion in the end, like uh, you can buy the whole kit for twenty five or thirty thousand dollars, <laughs> and I think that figure in the at the start really scared uh, scared the school as well. But uh, so we have done a Cheaper, like uh, we've got our three D printers on some IKEA tables, uh-huh. beautiful looking IKEA tables. Of course, nothing but and uh, and second hand IMAX, beautiful looking IMAX still. But really, they only have to run the they're, they're not powering much except for the MakerBot software and Illustrator for a couple of other pieces of equipment.
0: I mean, all you really need is just a large screen nowadays for that stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, I was going to say, it seems like the makerspace idea was sort of the original uh, name for these sorts of places. And here in, in Bangkok, we're talking about putting together a flexible learning space, which really is just a design studio as well. Do, do yeah. you think? Do you see the makerspace movement disappearing or just changing what it looks like?
1: We we definitely want uh, a a true makerspace, but I think it might be hidden somewhere a bit. A bit more, and it definitely needs a designated. Um, I think machine tool shop person. I mean, I can I can run equipment, but uh-huh. uh, but I'm not qualified. Or do you know what I mean? It's uh, we've we've definitely got that uh, coming in in time. And then we like to think of the design studio as our um, our clean space. And I think I mentioned to you the laser cutter that's coming. Next right, year will be right. will be as dirty as our design studio gets. Right. So when exactly. you say
0: you're not qualified, meaning you haven't lost a couple of fingers yet?
1: <laughs> no, no fingers, no fingers. We'll so keep. I'll mean, then. <laughs> I'm I'm very good with a cordless drill and a jigsaw, <laughs> uh, but I think in a court of law, if a student lost a finger, I just don't think I'd cut it.
0: Literally. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> So how do you use this space with oh, you have classes in there already, right? Yeah. Yeah, yep. how, how do you use it and and maybe back to the beginning how did you what I how did you get people interested in using it? What did what did you tell them?
1: I think uh the first week we were still setting up equipment the the clubs started uh big time. So we had our Minecraft in here after uh, the after school clubs for middle school and uh-huh. and the tech clubs uh, for high school as well, so on a Monday we started off with uh, uh, Minecraft. Tuesday was called Tuesduino, uh-huh. and that was that was all of our Arduino uh, equipment. Sure.
0: I guess and tw- tw- little Tuesduino is close enough to Arduino. Best you can. Yeah, see. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep going. I made,
1: I made that word up by Very the way. Nice. Very nice. It actually works for Thursday too. If you're Thursduino, if you want, yeah, okay. <laughs> if you want to do it twice. Yeah, yeah. And then Thursday was our Photoshop. Uh, elective, uh, after school activity and then Friday we have uh, anime which is the animation one okay. uh, and and so we started getting the smaller groups of kids for those first couple of weeks together um, and it, it pretty much went from there. As soon as all the equipment was in we had a, a, a faculty meeting I asked Becky if we could have the middle school in here uh-huh. and I set up little stations everywhere so they could see some of the things And also wrote down a lot of the, um, you know, So we've got other equipment like spheros and the little parrot drones uh, as well. And so I set up little mini activities with some ideas for math, science and humanities as to how they could use the space. And so they they had a great time.
0: You're asking teachers to maybe even depart a little bit from what they've typically been doing in the classroom. And and how do they greet that idea i mean do you find people flooding in or do you find you have to push a little bit to get people to come in
1: no it's definitely uh definitely flooding and oh, great yeah and and that's getting to be the hard part because uh let's say eighth grade humanities recently had their poetry and um they uh did like a ken robinson animation uh-huh. uh, uh for their poetry Uh, in the design studio with our animation boxes. We've just got these nice light boxes that the kids can record with an iPad on top of it and uh, film and then put music and things to it. Oh, nice. Um, But we could only get uh, one or two classes in at a time and because all of eighth grade's on at the same time, it's it's definitely making it tricky to get the whole of, say, eighth grade on the same page with, with how the tech has been being used. So mm-hmm. um, we're definitely targeting different teachers at different times.
0: All right. But you, it sounds like people are embracing it. So there's more use than you can even handle, perhaps.
1: For sure. For sure. So uh, sixth grade uh, was a, a great example with the math. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, did, we did at the start of their um, rate and unit uh, course or unit of work. Uh, an introduction to the 3D printers. And and so we had the classes in for two two lessons in here where they, just in Tinkercad, created a key tag Mm -hmm. and sent it to the 3D printers. And then they had to check uh, how much filament it was using and the time it took to print their key tag. And then they were graphing that for their math class. So trying to always bring it back and it, and it was that double whammy too because uh, every sixth grader now understands the the language around the three D printer and also the the basics of uh, how to design something in Tinkercad and Google Sketchup.
0: So now, do they want to use it every day? Every day, every day.
1: <laughs> our biggest our biggest thing is uh, we've got one rule with the the three D printers is you you can't just download it. It, oh, it has okay. to be. Ah, you have uh, to create destroyed.
0: it. Oh, brilliant! Oh, yeah. yeah, but it still can be popular. But at least then you know every piece of work is original.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. So our high school 3D club um, come in and they've been building things like um, uh, just the, the you know the tape dispenser holder roll thing in the middle uh-huh, that yeah. that always goes missing. So now you know they designed one of those uh-huh. and 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 then we just uh. You know, teachers are loving it. They don't have to get the whole new dispenser. They just get the little holder for the roll in the middle that they always lost.
0: All right. Well, so now you're back to the holders and rolls of toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. Except tape this time, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you have a favorite lesson that's happened this year that, you, that would be, people would want to hear about that you'd like to share?
1: I think uh, definitely the coding was a real hit Okay, uh, this year during uh, Code Week we've got the sparrows uh the little uh, the, you know those little uh yeah. robot balls
0: yeah. okay tell me about those yeah
1: they they're just fantastic especially for coding and getting the kids uh making sure that everyone has a chance to code for that week and then taking it further as well so we introduced that those and the the parrot drones as well and they were uh the, the parrot drones also had the, the coding and the, it was just fantastic, fantastic. So we set up little tasks for the week mm-hmm. um, in terms of, okay, the, there's a fantastic high school drone competition in Australia where they have to uh, get the, the drone to go a, a particular distance and uh, drop that EpiPen to the, the guy out in the field. Um, so we modified that with our little parrot drones and uh, had the had a, had a course that the kids had to program. So, of course, that
0: was a tremendous
1: amount of fun. I guess tremendous amount of fun, and they're like, "Oh, that's coding. Oh, I get it." And then we, and then that led into then the uh, Sphero put out some fantastic lessons for uh, uh, science and math. And so the science classes came down, eighth grade science came down, and, and used the sparrows and looked at their the gene. Pool, uh-huh. and so we all we all started off a particular color with our X and Y, and and then and then we made everyone giggle when uh, two of them procreated, and you know, and then they <laughs> had to change color. And. So yeah, that the the little toys have also been the uh, a fantastic thing for the the space.
0: Now we we talked a little bit before the show uh, about how you've left the teaching of apps behind. Now that was a big role for technology coaches like us at one point in our careers, but it doesn't seem to be so much anymore. What did you mean by you left that behind?
1: Uh, I th- I think we're nearly at the point where we could be bringing any any computer to school now. Yes, we're still a Mac uh, school, but um this you know, the online software or something that the kids introduced me to uh, is is Fantastic. There's no need anymore for two or three lessons on how to use uh, Excel or Numbers or, or or one of those things. We can just get straight into it. Be, having the project-based learning, we've we've had a huge push this year with that, and uh, and it it just makes so much sense that the the kids can focus their attentions on on what they really want and how they're really going to produce their. Their project
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, without forcing everyone
0: into a particular
1: app or a particular way of doing it.
0: So everybody's just sort of agnostic about the apps. Just definitely to find the one that works for whatever happens to be your situation.
1: Yeah, yeah. and and, um, and, and having the 3D printers as well was the, w- has just been fantastic because it, it's it's showing the kids the design cycle and it's like it's no, it's no longer a fail if if it doesn't print it properly the first time. You know, they haven't they haven't mm-hmm. oh, you know, my whole project's dead. It's like, no, no, this is great. Okay. We go back, we do all of these settings and we, we change this around and then then we see. So yeah, the the design cycle is is big. And I guess that's why we called it the design studio in the end. Oh, that makes sense.
0: So we talked also as well, you know, in the in the old days it was a computer lab and you would bring everybody in and then that computer lab disappeared. And yeah. his technology coaches, we went into the classroom. Is the design studio a return to the computer lab? Oh, not that yeah. that's a bad thing. Like we want to say that's bad, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing.
1: Yeah, I I still get into the classrooms, but when but uh, I, I guess our collaborative spaces in middle school aren't as uh, broad and wide as as what we want. So uh-huh. it's definitely become a. a a collaborative space as well for the students to come to. Um, It doesn't mean that I have to be here all the time because we do have an assistant that, that is in the space at all times. Someone is always here and it, which means that it's always open as well. Um, Yeah. That's a really good question. Uh, 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 Yeah. I think I, I'm, I'm definitely getting in a little less to the classrooms now having the design studio. Um, but I'm working more with the teachers. I feel as well,
0: right? Because yeah, maybe we talked as well that at some point whatever you're doing now will go into either a collaborative space or back in the classroom. And yeah. Then, then you'll have to find some other reason, something, whatever the next wave is going to be of ideas to, to bring in there. I guess.
1: Yeah. For instance, art. We we've got a vinyl cutter as well, um, which has just transformed the space as well. Kids are able to make stickers. We we bought the T-shirt press as well, so they cut their design and then it's straight in there. But I essentially got that piece of equipment for art. Um, and so they're coming in to art. Uh, they're coming into the design studio and designing their mm-hmm. uh, piece and, and cutting it out and then going back to art. So I'm able to be in here with them while they're cutting but also go back into the, the art rooms and watch them put their... Stencil onto the the screen print uh, machine. The screen print. What's that called? The frame, I guess. Okay.
0: Now I'm wondering. So when I was young, maybe perhaps you, but when I was in high school, uh, they had auto shop, they had wood shop, metal shop, and these were the kids that actually were not looking to go to college. So they were trying to teach them a skill right out the gate before they go off. To, instead of going to university, but it seems like all that stuff disappeared because we all had to become more. You know university prep or college prep oriented but it seems like this stuff is returning and i'm wondering if the difference is we're looking at our students actually being the designers of these products and that by actually using the tools that helps them become better designers we're not discouraging them from still going on to higher education do you think that's the difference or what do you think
1: uh i think that's you're you're definitely right there like we are we are returning in some way to that perhaps not uh to the full extent of you know, I remember when I went to school, kids were leaving in tenth grade for the apprenticeship of yeah. electronics and things. Um, uh, th- they're definitely getting their hands uh, into it now, and uh, I don't know, moulding and, and and working a lot more with their hands, which is great. The big tools will still come for us here, mm. but um, the science this with the the new. Is it the NGSEs? What are they called? The new science standards. Uh-huh. There, there seems to be a – they've got a lot more of those uh, manual pieces of equipment in their science rooms these days that's, that's transforming
0: that as well. It's, uh, it's I, great. I think it's great because it, you know, if you want students to become engineers, they actually, you know, let's say they're going to b- create cars, they actually have to know how to build one too. As they, you know, to f- yeah. The feel of what it's like to put a part together helps in the idea of design.
1: That's been. Uh, we also the three D printers have been great for that too. There was a a great um, MakerBot on YouTube. I forget the school in the states where the kids were designing the the wheels for the car, oh. for their um the CO two cars. So we went the same route, and now um, the, the kids. Uh, one of the electives is the CO two cars, and the kids are designing the wheels uh, and printing their own wheels for the cars and it's great because they're able to really see the difference in weight mm-hmm. and uh, streamlining and, and and really getting their car as fast as possible and uh, being able to do it fast too be, you know it's really transformed how how quickly they can oh no this design doesn't work i can do it this way
0: and nothing's more motivating than having the fastest car Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's quite. It would be an incentive for me, even in my old age. Yeah. It's funny you say that. We've got
1: <laughs> our end of year presentation, uh, end of year assembly coming up, and so we've decided that we're going to run the fastest car across the stage with the smoke machine and uh, you know the the loud noise and oh, awesome. having have him hold his car up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is that high school or middle school? Uh, that's that was a middle school elective. Uh, I got to say that's true. Middle school, that kind of stuff. Yeah, they love it. They love it. We do too, of course. Hey, we're coming towards the end of our time here. I uh, wanted to ask you a final question. What do you hope to see in your uh, design studio in the next uh, few years? What do you want to have coming in? Uh,
1: it, I think the laser cutter is going to be the the, the last piece of equipment, um, but a, a lot more of the small toys. We I started another activity with a, a big drone um, and film and photography. However, we've sort of been grounded with the big ones out here. We're very close to the airport, and administration. We're just trying to keep on the safe side of the, the law in China. <laughs> Even though our our uh, drone won't take off if it's in a restricted area, it's it's still better, I think, that we we ground the big ones. So, unfortunately, our um our sort of film and photography side of uh, the drone has stopped. But I, I, see, I see us really embracing that big time with the smaller racing ones and the kids building and, and uh, yeah, going from there.
0: All right. So, I'll well, oh, go ahead.
1: So, definitely the, the laser cutter is going to transform next year, the space. I, I really feel we're going to do a lot with that. And uh, I really want to build the drone program into something big.
0: All right, well, I've been speaking with Simon Power. He's a technology instructional coach at uh, Shanghai American School. Thanks so much for your time today, Simon. Oh, thank you. Great talking to you, Michael. This interview was brought to you by 21st Century Learning International. Find us on the web at 21clradio.com. Hey, everybody, Michael here. Yes, I'm back, and I need to ask you a favor. We are on a drive to get to 100 reviews on iTunes. Can you help us out? If you can please go to the following address, 21c.li slash review. That's 21c.li slash review. That'll take you to our iTunes page. From there, you need to click the blue button that says View in iTunes. And then leave us a review, leave us some stars, maybe even leave us a written review. Thanks so much. Have a great day.